earlier, we reviewed the trillions of dollars that the Biden administration is proposing for infrastructure. How much of it's actually for infrastructure and how much of it is for other things? Uh, well, let's delve into it a bit more here on the WMAY Morning News Feed at 721. We're joined now by Congressman Rodney Davis. Congressman, uh, before we get into the infrastructure plan, you're going to be out at the uh, state fairgrounds reviewing the vaccination site out there. What you got going on? You know, we're hitting as many vaccination sites as we can in the district that I'm blessed to serve. Uh, this will be my seventh, I think, in the last few weeks. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm excited to see another mass vaccination site. I was down in Collinsville, the Gateway Center, uh, or just last week, and just seeing the few thousand people going through on a, on a, a daily basis is just amazing. And I'm really excited and glad that our, our guard folks and our local health departments are doing so well. Yeah, and I've seen uh, operations out there, and it is pretty seamless. Uh, they've got an incredible setup, uh, and it's something that uh, is getting people in and out. Of course, with the 15-minute observation afterwards, ensuring that people uh, don't have any adverse reactions. But, uh, yeah, people are getting in and out of there, so uh, it'll be uh, be nice to see uh, uh, some, some more uh, detail about that from the Sangamon County uh, Public Health Department and with your visit. Uh, so let's get right into it here. Congressman Davis with us here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Uh, $2 trillion package, first part of it a second part could be another two to three trillion dollars or so over 10 years uh what's going on here and is this really infrastructure yeah unfortunately it's not going to be uh, you and your listeners know just by looking around springfield at the the rail relocation project uh the underpasses that have been built you know i'm a huge supporter of infrastructure it's one of the main reasons i ran for congress and got a seat on the transportation and infrastructure committee lead Republican on the largest subcommittee in Congress, the Highways and Transit Subcommittee, I know we can come together in a bipartisan way on infrastructure. I told the president that in the Oval Office just a few weeks ago, along with Vice President Harris and Secretary Buttigieg, please, and I begged, and all the Republicans that day begged, do not use the reconciliation process, because what you'll get, and we told them this, you'll get a, a, a bill that will go so far to the left in Green New Deal policies that it will be a Green New Deal bill disguised under the title of an infrastructure bill. And we're already seeing that play out with the announcement yesterday. So $2 trillion, how much of that actually deals with bridges and roads? Uh, clearly not nearly enough. Uh, and I think as you see the Democrats negotiating amongst themselves, you will see less and less go to infrastructure. This is a replay of the Obama-era stimulus bill, where it was sold as a trillion-dollar investment in infrastructure, and it was ended up being, after negotiating further and further to the left just to appease the Democrats, it became a 6% infrastructure bill. And we see that that seems to be the case with the new administration when they passed a $2 trillion COVID relief bill and only had 9% of the dollars actually going towards vaccine uh, purchasing, vaccine distribution, and COVID-related issues. Congressman Rodney Davis with us here on the WMAY Morning News Feed, looking at a quote from the president yesterday when he announced it in Pittsburgh, saying it's a once-in-a-generation investment in America. Why does this have to be all at once, and why can't we budget this out for planning for these things years in advance, even having done this, you know... <laughs> Shouldn't this all been done like decades ago? Why are we all of a sudden seeing the call for tax increases to fund these new projects? Uh, is it a dereliction of duty for Congress to, to act appropriately and to plan for these things? Yeah, Congress has been planning. Matter of fact, we got ourselves back onto a, a multi-year regular schedule 
that has reauthorized all of our infrastructure investments, be it water infrastructure reauthorizations, highways and transit reauthorizations, um, also rail reauthorization, FAA reauthorization. We did that on our committee. But then the Democrats took over, and they couldn't help themselves by making it partisan and going much further. And, and you don't have to look any further than the proposal that was released yesterday, Greg. Uh, they're going to open up the tax code and tax our mom-and-pop shops, our small businesses at a time when they're coming out of a pandemic and they just need to survive. This is another hidden issue within this proposal. It's the Democrats' way to to gaslight the American people and say, hey, don't worry, we're going to raise taxes on every American. We're going to raise taxes on small businesses when we need to grow our economy post-pandemic. But it's going to be for infrastructure. And remember what I said earlier, the amount invested in infrastructure as this bill goes through the process will dwindle and dwindle and dwindle down to probably single percentages within the final package. Congressman, uh, this is the first of uh, apparently two parts that the president's going to be putting out. Uh, the second part could be another uh, couple of trillion dollars. Uh, what are you hearing is going to be in that other package? Nothing good. Can you elaborate? I mean, is it going to be social programs? Is it going to be uh, you know benefits for some sectors of the of the population? Is it going to be uh, infrastructure related or uh, you know more tax increases, more fees, or what? What do you expect? Well, that's the thing. We don't know, and and the president and his administration, I think, are going to. I think the president and his administration would like to do a bipartisan plan. I really do. I I, I got that impression. At our hour-plus meeting in the Oval Office, I got that impression in my, my individual calls with Secretary Buttigieg, but I just don't know how they're going to be allowed to do it with the partisanship that comes from Speaker Pelosi and Leader Schumer right now. And, and they realize that the Republicans are likely to take the majority in the House in 2022, and they're trying to cram every liberal wish list item into what they would consider package after package. This is their once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to not just recreate the great society, but to actually nuclearize and exponentially grow the investments that were put into the great society just a few decades ago. And we've seen many of those investments from 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago have not panned out the way it was promised. And I would anticipate as you go further into this so-called second package that the administration's already talking about, that's where they're going to continue to negotiate Green New Deal policies that are going to raise the cost just to turn the lights on for every senior on fixed income. It will put power plants like Springfield CWLP plant in jeopardy, even though they've done everything they can to reduce the emissions, but we still need that baseload capacity. And I'd be very concerned about the nuclear facilities in places like Clinton, Illinois, when you have some of my colleagues who truly believe that you can charge every electric car in America on wind and solar alone uh, and get rid of the internal combustion engine. Those are the types of policies that I would expect in a second bill. Congressman Rodney Davis with us here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. I want to touch on a couple of other things real quick, if you can. Uh, let's talk about vaccine passports. You're going to be, of course, at a uh, mass vaccination site here in Springfield later this morning. Uh, and there's you know, New York offering up their vaccine passport. Florida's governor is apparently going to sign an executive order prohibiting that in private areas. Governor Pritzker signaling he doesn't mind the idea of a vaccine passport if private industry wants to uh, implement that. Where do you stand on this? I don't think anything should be mandatory when it comes to vaccine passports. 
if a company or a small business says, hey, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to serve vaccinated people. Hey, that's their prerogative. You have the choice to go or you have the choice not to go. Uh, but in the end, in the end, we've got to trust the science and the data, Greg. And the science and the data coming out of the experts right now, like Dr. Fauci, says that anybody who's been vaccinated is 100%, 100% protected against hospitalization. And we know that almost every single case in since COVID uh it came to existence a year and a half ago, uh, to our knowledge. You have to, you are likely to be hospitalized before you get to the point where it becomes deadly. And if it's 100% effective against hospitalization. And then yesterday, it was announced, too, by the CDC director that her data, the data she sees, shows that those who are vaccinated do not carry the COVID virus. If that's the case, why in the world do we have to continue to have roadblocks in our ability to get back to normal? I want to make sure that we do everything we can to get everybody vaccinated, which is why I'm visiting everybody's, every clinic that I can while we're here in the district. But at some point, we got to follow the science and the data. And Governor Pritzker and Governor Cuomo clearly do not want to follow the science and the data and get back to normal. Congressman, finally here, uh, I get messages a lot from readers, from listeners all across the state, uh, and some of them, you know, point out to you know the Foyd card issues, but others are landlords. They have maybe one or two investment properties, uh, and they're retired, and they're they're making income off of that, but they haven't made anything off of that in more than a year uh, because this moratorium is ongoing. Some saying that they're hiding behind that, uh, their tenants are hiding behind the moratorium on evictions, uh, and uh, they're saying that there's no program for them no programs for the landlords directly uh, it seems to all go through the the tenants what's available and where are we at with getting some relief for these people who have been uh, hurt hard well they need help as a matter of fact they should be eligible for different programs like the PPP and others um, but instead uh, we've seen two trillion dollar investments that have nothing to do with covid relief that could really go to helping some of these these Americans who have decided to invest their retirement, invest their livelihood in providing homes and housing for others. And at the same point, you can't just stick your head in the sand and not believe that those instances where uh, tenants believe they cannot be kicked out and do not have to pay, you cannot believe that that doesn't happen. So if we're going to help every American, as my colleagues in the, in the Democratic side of the House often tell us we need to do, and I agree, then let's help every American. Let's help these landlords. Let's make sure that we do that. In a $2 trillion bill, there's bound to be some good stuff in it, but unfortunately, they miss some things too. Congressman, it's all the time we've got. Greatly appreciate you taking it with us, and uh, we'll connect again soon in the future, all right? Be safe out there. Hey, take care, Greg. I'm still shocked you got listeners, man. <laughs> I'm shocked as to who listens. It's always uh, it's always incredible who reaches out. Uh, so we'll talk soon. Take care. <laughs> See you, buddy.